You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. Hey everyone, Danielle here. Just a quick friendly heads up before we get started that we have a community over on Facebook created for women just like you called the Female Biz Journey Insider Group. So you can find that over on Facebook and it'll be down in the show notes here to help you with any extra info, resources, or anything else that the guests or myself want to throw at you. So if that sounds good to you, then head over there and we can talk a little bit more. Now let's get started with the show. Hey guys, today we have on Jordan Duval, who is a sole brand strategist, success coach, and award-winning art director who builds brands that book dream clients. Now, doesn't that sound amazing? Because I think so. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so happy that you're here, and I love all your website, and especially all the the intentional words you put on there, too. I think if there was like intuitive your mission or intuit your mission, which is really awesome, I think that what we'll be talking about too inside uh, this podcast is going to be kind of how you got to that point. So I'd love to begin the show with the beginning of your journey and then kind of end with the present and future. So can you tell me a little bit about uh, how you grew up to kind of what led you wanting to go down this path? Of course. Well, um, just a little bit about my background. Uh, You know, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles and my whole family is in the entertainment industry. So it's kind of like the family business, so to speak. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I I grew up around, you know, marketing and advertising and filmmaking and visual effects. And, you know, and my husband and I met at an advertising agency and like, we'll just be at home and like nerd out on like strategy and not like always going off about, guess what I learned about Facebook advertising today. So it's like, it's good because we speak the same language. Um, So, you know, that's, that's like my background. And, uh, you know, I always had an entrepreneurial streak, you know, when I graduated from college, I, you know, I had a hobby as a jewelry uh, creator and, you know, the hobby kind of went awry and I was like addicted to bead stores and was spending so much money <laughs> that I was like, oh, I got to kind of like turn this into a business to recoup some of this cost so I can buy more beads. So that was sort of like my accidental entrepreneur um, entry point. And, you know, that was great, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, it was kind of like just kind of trying to turn a profit on a hobby. And, you know, I also have a background in photography and, you know, I, I used to shoot a lot more, uh, <clears throat> when I was younger and, you know, some of the people that I worked with, uh, and the agency I started out at saw my work and they wanted to buy pieces and, you know, I would have a lot of art shows and I would sell my art that way. But again, it was kind of like, you know, a, a profitable hobby. I didn't really understand the notion of business and, uh, you know, wasn't really taking it that seriously and expecting that it would like turn into anything. And, you know, always kind of had like something on the side. And then, you know, through my career, my background, I studied graphic design and photography. So that was my background. And, you know, I do key art. I make movie posters and television posters. And <clears throat> that's what I've done for, you know, the the length majority of my career along with uh, photography and fashion photography, portrait photography and stuff like that. And <clears throat> So, 
you know, I always had like kind of a freelance thing on the side and it was, you know, I went through periods where I was fully freelancing or sometimes would take on side projects. But again, I didn't really understand the whole like business aspect of it, you know, cause I'm a creative and I was sort of fed the bullshit, so to speak, that like creative people don't know how to run a business. And so I believed that and didn't really understand, you know, what that was all about and how to be successful at it. And then when, after I had my daughter, uh, you know, I, you know, I gained a fair amount of weight uh, with, with my pregnancy and, you know, needed some guidance. And I ended up starting, uh, you know, with Beachbody and I was, a you know, a coach with them. And that was really kind of like my foray into online marketing. And, you know, that was really like, kind of gave me the motivation and the catalyst to start to learn about social media and, you know, sales and networking and marketing and branding, like, and be serious about it and actually make it work. Uh, as opposed to like, oh, this is kind of fun and I'm learning some stuff. And, you know, I really, you know, I'd come through a really hard time prior to that. You know, when I was pregnant, uh, a couple months into my pregnancy, I'd lost my job. And then, you know, soon after that, we ended up losing our house because my husband had, you know, had a falling out with his partners a few couple, I think a couple years prior. And so he wasn't really bringing in income. So we were living off of my income that was not enough to sustain us. So we reached a place where we just couldn't make it work anymore. And so we lost our house. And, you know, when you're pregnant, like losing your house anyway sucks, but when you're pregnant, it's even worse. And I was planning to have a home birth. So it was like just a triple whammy of devastation. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I, I wanted to, you know, it was the first time in my life that I was like, well, what do I really want? Like this baby's got to come out of me. Like, what, what, how do I want this to work? And I was like, you know, a home birth feels good to me. And, you know, I don't want to have drugs. And I told my family and I thought that they would be super stoked for me because uh, they tried to like, quote unquote, market themselves as liberal hippies. But I realized they were not, in fact, liberal hippies and were actually much more conservative than they let on and, you know, caused a lot of strife and heartache. And they were really, you know, upset with my decision. And just it was not a good time for anybody. And then my grandma passed away and we ended up moving. Uh, And then (laughs) to make matters worse, when I was 35 weeks pregnant, my water broke. And so I ended up going into the hospital on bed rest and they're like, we're going to have to induce you. And I was just like, uh, this was exactly what I did not want. So, you know, here I was over this six month time span that literally my entire life just fell apart right before my eyes. And I'm sitting there in the hospital by myself and I'm just, you know, crying and alone and no one's there. And I'm just like, I, I don't understand how I got here. And, you know, I believe you create your own reality And I was like, I made this mess, but I don't really understand how, but I know that somehow I created it. So it was really in that like dark place that I was like, I will do everything I need to do to get out of this. And, you know, so sort of my entry point into just completely transforming my whole life from top to bottom was, you know, getting healthy physically and, you know, losing the baby weight and just like really repairing my relationship with my body and food and everything like that. And once I really started to get a handle on that, and like I was just talking to a client this morning about this, that like once I kind of saw through the that fog that was just basically like an upper limit to keep me in my place, I realized that there was this like grand canyon of greatness that was down there to be accessed. And I was just like, oh my God, I had no idea what is what you're capable of when you really uh, dig into it. And, you know, my coach through Beachbody took us to Tony Robbins and 
that was really a pivotal moment for me because I never understood, I didn't know what limiting beliefs were and I'd never really heard about them before. And that was really my entry point into understanding. Like I knew I created my reality, but now I had the tools to understand how I was actually doing that. And, uh, you know, then I, it was sort of in that moment that I, I got this whisper of, you know, like a calling of like you, you've seen all these people create their own brands while you've been doing this network marketing, like you can do this too. And I was just like, wow, can I? And so it was this like quiet, gentle whisper for about six months. And it just kind of kept getting louder and louder and nagging. And I started to get a lot of anxiety because I was ignoring it. Cause I'm like, there's no way that I can do that. That's like too hard. And I don't do that. Like, that's not, I can't make that work. And then finally I just, I was like, I, I have to do this. Like, I don't know what it is, but I have to do it. And I'd connected with this amazing woman who's a business coach and I had talked to her like I think six months prior and just timing wasn't working out. And I was like, this is the biggest investment I've made. Like I had to take a loan out of my 401k, which was kind of anti-responsible Jordan in every way <clears throat> and signed up with her and just really began the journey that way. And, you know, let my network marketing business go. And, you know, that was really, you know, it's been a long road of personal growth, but that was really like the pivotal moment where I just started to piece everything together and it actually started to work and make sense for me. I mean, you definitely have had a lot of pivotal moments in your last couple of years for sure. And I first want to applaud you for going through or at least pursuing the home birth because that's, that's something that is, so strong of you, I mean, mentally and physically, but also starting out um, giving life to something that, again, is like drug free and really is very natural. That's just, I want to applaud you on that. And I also want to talk to you a little bit more because <laughs> I think we haven't talked about this too much on the podcast, but I want to, is that notion of limiting beliefs, because mm -hmm. as, as you can probably hear about it too, is mindset, especially entrepreneur mindset, can literally break or make your business 100% at least from what I've noticed, people, if they have, if they can't get the mental durability to get through the first couple of years of business, or if they can't figure out certain things and they get down on themselves, it's, it's hard, or at least personally, if I haven't found that shift, uh, or they haven't found that personal shift inside of them, I don't see them usually making a lot of uh, success <clears throat> later down the road, because they're still stuck in that mentality. And I wonder how, how is the process for you for shifting that? Because obviously, Tony Robbins is a catalyst for basically anyone who hears his work. But I think that it's also great to talk about the process of literally reshaping the way that you think. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm super passionate about it. And, you know, that's like, there's a lot of people in the branding space. And, you know, everyone kind of has their own twist on it. And a lot of people kind of execute the actual visual creative. And I come from a background of that. But because of my experience and my personal story, I take it more from a coaching perspective, because I tie this mindset piece like that's what I start with with my clients and I really dig in deep and kind of like get into like the places they maybe don't want to go because I want them to understand this piece and what their power is because from there that's where their brand is built and if they don't do that work like I can teach them and share with them and say whatever it is but it will never work so it's really about that you know creating that insight and that reframe and in terms of actually changing your beliefs um you know, I've been to the Tony Robbins event twice. So that's definitely like, if you aren't familiar with this and you feel stuck in your life, I would say, get yourself to Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within like ASAP, fly there if you need to. <laughs> 
Um, and then, you know, it's, it's really about like changing your behavior. So, and, and I mean, the first level is definitely awareness is figuring out what are those limiting beliefs. Like when I first discovered it, when I was at Tony Robbins, I wrote down, I can't afford it. Um, no matter how hard I try, I can't do it anyway. And I'm trying to think what the other one was. I can't afford it. Oh, and I don't have enough time. I think those were kind of like the, the first three. And that was such an aha moment for me because I just like, I just thought that was what my life was. I was like, that's just like, I grew up and like, there was all this like, you know, charged energy around money and like, I just can't afford it. And I, you know, it was just this like story that I was telling myself. And, you know, I, with time, I was just like, oh, I don't have the time to do that. And, you know, through so much study, I realized like, I, that's really, is a kind of a lie. Like I do have time. I just choose not to. So now I'm very conscious instead of saying, I don't have time to do something. I'm, if I've, my first thought is I can't do that or I don't have time, I, I know that I just don't want to do it. So instead of lying to myself and others, you know, I like realize, you know, I don't want to do that. That's not where my energy should be spent. Uh, so I think, you know, becoming aware is definitely the first key. And then you literally have to retrain your thoughts, you know, and I've been doing that through a lot of affirmations. I actually just finished up uh, Rich Babe Academy with Catherine Zenkina, who runs a manifestation babe. Yes. And um, who I just love and adore. And she talks a lot about affirmations. And, and I knew about affirmations and, you know, talk about journaling affirmations. And I've gone through phases of it. But I just, I haven't been able to get into, like, a consistent routine with it. And then she was mentioning that she gets up in the morning. And when she's, like, kind of getting ready for her day, she just kind of, you know, skulks around her house, like, you know, saying these affirmations to herself when she's making her coffee. And I was like, Oh my God, that's genius. I could totally do that. Like, I don't need to have a like special carved out time when I'm doing this. So just, I mean, she told us this like on Saturday in our last class. So literally since then, like every morning I get up and I make my coffee and I'm in the kitchen and I'm like, making money is easy. I'm a money magnet. You know, this is, this is this. And I just kind of like, I mean, if you walked in, you'd be like, this chick's crazy, but it's like, <laughs> I have to, you know, I have to believe it. You have to believe it in order to create that change. So it's just like hearing that over and over again. And I worked with another healer who had me like writing the affirmation. She's like, I want you to write this affirmation 55 times every day for five days. So, oh you know, goodness. I did. Yeah. So I did that. And she's like, if you misspell it, you have to start over. <laughs> And wow. like, it was intense. Yeah. Right. And she actually made me do it twice. Cause she's like, you have a lot of work to do <laughs> so you have to do two <laughs> rounds. And I was like, okay, no problem. Um, so that's really helpful. And then, you know, I think one, it's being, a, being aware. And then two is willing, being willing to do the work. So like I get up every morning at 5am and, you know, getting up early for you could mean whatever it is, depending on your life. I have a daughter. So if I want to get anything done, like I have to squeeze my life between yes. like five and seven <laughs> in the morning. So, um, you know, when I was doing beach body coaching, they were very much like, you know, personal growth and like read for 10 minutes a day. And, you know, that's kind of where I got introduced to it because I was always into personal growth stuff, but I never like had a consistent habit. And then I got totally addicted to it. And like, I'm totally a junkie. I like listen to, you know, audiobooks all the time. I'm watching YouTube videos. I've taken like a bazillion courses. I just bought another one yesterday. Like, it's like, I need to have like a, the credit card company be like, you're not allowed to buy any more courses. <laughs> like you, you're, you've capped out. It's so true um, though. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. But, um, yeah. So, you know, and then like, and so I listened to this podcast. I think it was, what was it? I just like quote unquote randomly came across this podcast about the miracle morning. Mm -hmm. 
by Hal Elrod. And he talked about like, you know, how he was in this dark moment and he did all this study of how, what is the fastest way to change my life? And he realized that like the common denominator was, you know, visualization, um, fit, like it was like movement, meditation, um, journaling, uh, affirmations. And I think there was maybe one other, there was like six things. And he's like, so I did all of them for like 10 minutes in the morning. And I'm like, okay. So I I started off kind of like rigidly doing it that way. And just like, I don't have an hour to do that. Like I could do like 15 to 30 minutes. So I then listened to another podcast by James Wedmore. And he was like, ultimately, like it's about setting the intention for your day and putting yourself in a place that feels good. So you start the day from like a place of power versus, you know, nonsense of emails and social media and other people's agendas. And so I felt like he kind of sort of sideways gave me permission to just like do what felt good to me. So now I just go through phases. Like some days, like I'll do a workout and, you know, some day, like, and I, I meditate every day. I've been a meditator for years and I just started adding in, I listened to Catherine made us a hypnosis for the class. So now I listen to that every day to like reframe my mindset around money. Um, I'm always listening to audiobooks. Uh, you know, I journal not as much as I want. So I actually just got an email yesterday to do this 30 day manifestation course with Jen Scalia. And she teaches you how to actually like harness the power of med- uh, manifestation through journaling. And I was like, I need to get good at this. So I bought that. and I'm going to do that like probably in a few weeks or next month or something. And then, um, you know, and then I just started like muttering like a crazy person affirmations like all over the place. So, um, so it's really like, making these things like habits and practices of your life. It's not like you do it once and it's over. Like you literally have to like reprogram your brain and create the life and the story that you want to be true versus the programming that you've been fed through your whole life. Yes. I mean, I think all of this, at least everyone that I would think of would resonate with some part of this because I think with like those limiting beliefs and especially affirmations, I did, um, I did Miracle Morning too for some time and same thing, 10 minutes, like an hour basically is what you're doing. And there are certain days where I wouldn't be able to have that time and you start to feel bad about feel yourself. Feel like a failure. Yeah. 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 And it's, that's not how it's supposed to be. So I love that you found that. And I think that's something that I've uh, kind of noticed the last three years or so is whatever resonates with me, I keep whatever doesn't I drop. Because mm-hmm. when I keep the stuff that just is hard for me, usually that happens where you have that, uh, that push against it rather than just the pull towards having a natural flow towards it. And I also wanted to mention too, because I think this is super, super huge for anyone trying to do affirmations or anything personal development. If you don't have the emotion behind it, you won't mm-hmm. have the change. Like, I mean, at least not, it'll be a lot slower because the way that, like you said, affirmations work and I've done them multiple times. I'm actually looking at my vision board right now because I have it behind (laughs) my uh, laptop and I can look at these words. I can say these words, but if I don't realize what these words are doing for me or, you know, that, that emotion you're trying to get from them, it's a lot harder and it just makes you feel like you're a crazy person already by saying them out loud. You think that in your mind, which is not true, but it's also just without that emotion, without really emotion in anything you do is really difficult. So I love that you brought that up because it's one thing that I noticed beginner um, coaches teaching about affirmations don't bring up as much. So I'm happy that you talked about that because that was one of the huge things for me when I started out doing affirmations. It's like, why does this feel so odd? Because A, it's going Mm -hmm. to, but B, it's if you don't have that kind of end goal or that idea, that emotion that you want to feel, it's a lot harder to really keep with it. 
Yeah, and I think that's so key is knowing your outcome. Like you have to know where you're going because otherwise how are you ever going to get there? Like if you get in the car and you're driving, you know, to some party, you know, I can just say like Topanga Canyon cause that's something local. But I get in the car and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm kind of going to Topanga Canyon ish area. Like I'm just going to kind of drive and hope the car takes me where I want to go. What are the chances I'm going to arrive at the right address? Uh, <laughs> zero, yes. you know, but I get into the car, I plug in where I want to go. And then it's like, turn right here, turn right there. And I can zigzag. I can take this turn or that turn or get off the freeway. And I'm still going to end up at the same place. But I told the car slash universe where I want to go. And then life directs me that way. And so that's so huge. And, you know, we go through periods of not clarity and clarity and you know, I'm no saint and I'm like, I know everything. Like I have my own issues with like getting clear and like owning up what it is I truly want. Like even the other day I was like, what is it that I really want? You know, it's like nothing's like, it wasn't like the dark time where everything was falling apart. Where it was like very clear, like shit's hitting the fan. It's like, you know, but there's like, I desire more and I have things that I'm working towards. So still holding that space for that, even if like, you know, your life is like, good as it is you can always improve and make better and like dig deeper and grow more and expand more and give more to others yes no I completely I 100% agree with that because first off like you said the end destination if you don't have even some clear idea of what you're wanting to go for or what who you're wanting to be at that point it's so hard to push past and I think also what you mentioned too is you continuously invest in yourself and invest in courses and books because there is really no end point for learning or self-development in my uh what I've noticed like you don't really just hit that last point and be like yep I'm officially the perfect yeah, person exactly. I can be you know I've graduated life I'm awesome exactly <laughs> it just never happens like that and I actually wanted to ask you too about your um your journey with having a business coach because I noticed I was currently and currently am reading slash listening to the you are badass at making money mm, mm-hmm. love it I love her I love Jen Sincero so much but one of the things that she was mentioning as I was driving back up from a marketing conference I was at she said a three time or multiple times she's like get a business coach I don't care like what you're doing who you are you need to try that and finally obviously for me I'm stubborn so after the fifth time I'm like okay I understand <laughs> like I need to look into this but I want to see for you you know how was was it how was the shift? How was the catalyst um, from having that business coach to helping you where you're at now? Oh my God. I would never be where I'm at now without my business coach. I mean, when I was doing like, like one of the deep seated whys that I have is prior to getting pregnant. Like I, you know, I was working in advertising and then I had this amazing opportunity to work on this private commission for a well-known celebrity. And so it was enough that I could like leave my job and go travel around the world. So I quit my job and I sold all my belongings. I let go of my apartment. I lived out of a backpack for a year and traveled around to like, you know, I lived in London. I went to St. Thomas. I went to Ecuador. I went all over Europe. I went to Africa. I went to Asia. I was in New Zealand for two months. So I just, you know, took this whole journey and I came home and I'm like, I cannot sit at a desk. Oh my God. I've just been like, like tooling around and like, I just can't. So I was like, well, I gotta make money. Like it doesn't just like appear. So (laughs) Um, I was, I think I was art directing a photo shoot for, I think it was, I think it was art directing a photo shoot for my husband for one of his music albums. And I was watching the makeup artist and I was like, God, that looks so fun. Like, you know, you're literally living out of a suitcase cause she traveled with her suitcase with all her makeup in it and was like going to, you know, different 
shoots all the time. And it was like, every day was different. And I'm like, that sounds really awesome. So I went to makeup school and I studied makeup artistry and, you know, I loved it. And it was one of the most fun things that I did. Um, but sort of secretly behind that was the desire to be a photographer. And, you know, I shot the whole time I was traveling and, you know, I didn't like, as soon as my parents saw that I was creative, they're like, Oh God, what are we going to do? They're like, okay, creative child, alert, alert, alert why don't you become a graphic designer? They actually make a living. And so there was like never any sort of experimentation along the way. It was like, that was like, I mean, and it's good. I'm good at it and I enjoy it, but it was, there was never like the, I'm going to go be a painter and starving artist, like, you know, discovery process. It was kind of like, Oh, you're creative. You need to make a living and get a 401k. You're going down this path. So, yes. <laughs> um, which, you know, we all have our, our, our past. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry. I totally got off topic and forgot no, what your question it. was. <laughs> sorry. What was the question again? <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, first, first off, yes, I completely think that what you said is true is that we have different diversions in our path because that's just how life goes is, um, especially cause you had so many different, I don't want to call them detours, but I like to call them like little, um, stops you made along the way, like through the traveling and makeup artistry, you're kind of just picking up tools, you know, that you would use later on for the business that you have now. But the thing that I wanted to um, ask you is your experience with your business coach and kind of how that created where you're at now. Exactly. Sorry. So you're fine. <laughs> so, I wanted, so I wanted, you know, so I went back. To, so then I was like, I need I want to be a photographer. I went back to school. I studied photography. Um, and then I started to build my book that way. And I didn't have a mentor doing that. Like I, you know, I wasn't really interested in becoming someone's assistant, you know, because I was a little bit older. And I was just like, I don't like I can't work 12 hours a day and carry heavy shit around. Like, I would just like to have a mentor um, you know, teaching me. And I didn't really understand or know about a business coach. There was a woman I ended up hiring to help me with my portfolio. And I, I like was thinking about this the other day, like, I wish she had given me more direction business wise. Like, mm. she didn't really press me of like, who are you shooting for? What kind of magazines do you want to be shooting for? What kind of clients do you want to be shooting for? What kind of money do you want to be making? There was like no business aspect of it. It was just like, let's make a pretty portfolio. And I'm like, cool. That didn't really take me where I needed to to go. So I didn't do any of that like clarity work around it. And I was always struggling with it and like plagued with self doubt. And my husband was like, you got to figure this out. I'm like, I don't know how to figure it out. And I didn't have help. And I was trying to do it on my own and I had no direction. And eventually, you know, it reached the place where, you know, my husband lost his company and I wasn't making like enough money to make this work. And, you know, I remember having a hard conversation with my husband where he's like, I think you need to get a job again. And I was like, just heartbroken. And, you know, at the time I ended up getting an offer to do some seasonal work, doing um, some, you know, academy work around Christmas time years ago. So I went back and I did that. And, you know, that was everything serves its purpose. And, you know, I learned so much and I grew so much as professionally and personally in that space, but giving up on that dream of pursuing photography, like just literally was soul crushing. And honestly, like I haven't really picked up a camera much since then. Mm -hmm. And it's been like a lot of growth and discovery and sort of forgiving myself and understanding that in the, like recently, um, to overcome that. So knowing having that experience was kind of why I was like, I got to do, you know, I got to hire a business coach. Like I was just like, I know I like, I can kind of see and feel this thing that I want, but I have no idea what it looks like or how to create it. And I need help. And I need to just like 
take the leap of faith, take the loan out of my 401k and just like do this thing. And, you know, when I first came to her, I was coming from, you know, originally when we spoke, I wanted help growing my Beachbody business. And then, you know, things were just kind of happening that I couldn't get started with her. And by the time we ended up signing up together, I was kind of like, I'd realized that, you know, Beachbody was not what I really wanted to put my focus on. And I knew that there was like, because my creative art director, like career self was like totally segmented from health and fitness coach Jordan. And I was like, this doesn't feel good. Like, I feel like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And like, I just want to be me for what I'm good at and share that. And I was like, I need help figuring out what that looks like. So when I came to her, I, you know, I was like, I want to, I think I want to do life coaching and I want to help people with balance. And it was still kind of like pivoting off of the health coaching. And then she had me do these, um, what do you call them, like uh, market research interviews. So I was doing the market research interviews and I was like asking people all about balance and like, you know, all of that stuff. And then in the calls, like a lot of people were entrepreneurs. And so I was like, okay, well, tell me about your business. What are you doing? What's your brand? What's your story? What's your da, 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 da? And I was like literally left the whole conversation just like digging into their brand, digging into their business, giving them ideas about what they could do, helping them name things, helping them come up with taglines. And I was like, came out, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not seeing the forest through the trees. Like, uh, why wouldn't I just continue doing what I'm doing and really like piece it all together? And through, I remember a conversation with my coach and I was telling her this discovery and I was like, you know, I just love making mood boards. I was like, I love it so much because to me, it's like such a visionary tool and, you know, I know how to use them. I use them to actually like build out pe the visual architecture of people's brands and their photo shoots and all that stuff. Um, and I do the like work underneath it to get to that place and then use that as a jumping off point. And I was like, that's what I love to do. I want to use that tool. And so that was sort of like the aha moment. And then from there, I just started building out like, well, what would like, I can't just be like, let's make a mood board. And you know, this is my business. I was like, how do I build this out? Like what sort of transformation am I taking people on? What, you know, what is the A to B to C steps? What, you know, what is my focus? What kind of package do I want to offer? What sort of like numbers do I need to be hitting? So it would just really help me giving that structure and the systems to understand like, how do I monetize this, right? Like, I don't want to have a fun hobby anymore. I'm over that. Like, I want this to work and actually like be successful and be able to build on it and grow and actually help people. Yes, I think that's so fantastic. And I think that's great that she allowed you to kind of find it on your own to think any good coach would allow should always make it a self-actualization rather than telling you like you should be a coach or you should be going down this road it's a lot better for you internally to find it out on your own and I think it's fantastic that the way that you you know finish this end result it's not like you went off to do a whole nother 180 but you just took the parts of yourself and your life that you loved and made it into more of a cohesive uh, end result. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like it was funny the other day I was joking with my husband. I was like, I'm super organized and I love organizing things and I'm creative. And I was like, and now I feel like I'm creatively organizing things. So I'm doing everything I love in my business. And that's it's, so it's great. awesome. Yeah. I, I think, yes, I think that's so fantastic. And finding that kind of aha moment, but also, like you said, you're happy where you're at, but you also don't feel like it's chaos now. It's more of a, a structured or I wouldn't call it chaos. I usually call myself organized chaos, but usually for you, it's more of an aligned way of uh, working, which I think is fantastic. And I think what would be great for the listeners to hear too is what would be uh, one or two things that you would tell yourself just starting out? Just starting out, you know, I would say that 
you know, it's, we get so caught up in the shoulds of like, I should do this based on like whatever your perception is or whatever programming you've been told, uh, or kind of looking at what other people are doing and feel like you should follow what they're doing. And, you know, to, to really tune into yourself and ask yourself, what do you really want? You know, what does that look like? What is the vision for your life? And I just actually started incorporating this with my clients is to help them build out like a holistic vision. Cause it's so easy to be like, well, I want to create X, Y, and Z with my business, which is awesome. But like what happens with the rest of your life, <laughs> you know, like yes. it's so easy to forget and get myopic and like all that goes to shit. And you're like, well, I like, you know, put all this hard work in and I lost all these things that I love and care about. So, you know, very early on, I say like, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your relationships to look like? What do you want your team to look like? What do you want your health to look like? What do you want your you know vision for your business to look like? What do you want your day-to-day to look like? Like think about all of those things and kind of set the intention of this life that you want to create for yourself. Um, and then, you know, make sure you're always kind of checking back in that that stuff aligns to it. And then also really think about like, who do you want to work with? You know, so many people are like, well, I should do this or I could offer this or I could offer that. And it's like, well, but who do you actually want to be working with all the time? Like you're going to be spending time with your clients sometimes more than your family, depending on what your business model is. And, you know, who do you want to work with? Who do you want to help? And it's your choice. You can choose that. And, and, you know, what do you enjoy doing, doing the most? And like, how can you systematize and structure that and create a framework where you can monetize on it so that you're like, ultimately living as much of your life in your zone of genius versus, you know, the zone of competence or the zone of excellence. Um, and then I think another huge thing is so many people like they'll chat with me and they're like, I'm working on my brand. I'm making a logo. And I was like, face palm, please don't make a logo. Like <laughs> you, please don't, don't do that. Like you don't know who you are yet and just pick a nice typeface, use that. And you may be able to use that forever or you may, you know, up level at some point. <clears throat> and so many people are like, I'm starting my website and, you know, don't do that yet. Like you don't, you're not ready until you know who you are, who you're serving and like are super clear on who this person is and what their like, there's, you know, their demographics are and their psychographics are so that you can cater every aspect of your, you know, your business service and offerings to this person and then make sure that whatever your visuals are, are speaking and aligned to that person and the language you're using is speaking to that person. So if you are in a crowded room they know that you're speaking to them very specifically. Like just this morning I was doing with this with a client and I was like, well, does your, you know, dream client have kids or not have kids? And, you know, she's like, well, I don't know. You know, well, I was like, if you're doing nutrition, somebody who has kids is going to have very different needs, pain points, structures with children because they're going to need to have like that whole mom, like meal planning stuff where someone without kids, like they can have more focus points to, you know, get into their macros and all that stuff. And, you know, they don't necessarily have to worry like, oh, I'm counting every bite that I'm doing or I'm measuring food. And I don't know like how my kids are interpreting that. So, you know, just being aware of all of those things down to like, what, what are the minute points? Like, cause ultimately like your, your brand is a holistic experience. So making sure that like, you know, the times that you have available speak to that person, like maybe the names of your packages speak to, back to that person. And that stuff is what's really important and get clear on that and get clear on your mission and your vision and what your values are and what makes you unique. And, you know, who is this dream client and get so clear on that crystal clear because that's going to build your confidence. And then from there, 
then you can start building the visuals. Because if you do it backwards, it's not going to make sense. You're going to be confused. You're not going to be speaking to the right people. There's going to be no like soul or meat to it. And I say this because I, this is what I did year after year after year. Every time I built a business is coming from a graphic design background and be like, Oh, cool. I'm going to start XYZ business. I'm going to make a logo. And then I got to build on my website. And then I would get to the part where I had to write the copy. And I'm like, uh, what? Like, I don't, uh. so, you know, I'm like, you got to do all that stuff in the front end. So then the visuals are mapping around this versus like creating visuals and then being like, well, how do I speak to the people with what it is that I'm creating? So a lot of people go backwards because they want to do the fun part first, but you're just going to make your life difficult. So do the work first and then enjoy the fun part. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree because I actually had um, someone on the podcast recently who was a branding manager before she became a coach and such like that. And I asked her what was one of the things that she uh, thought was the people starting out should not do. And she's like, don't focus too much on the branding just starting out because there's a good chance that you might change it. And for you, I think you're telling the best part is like, if you can just discover you and kind of, you know, what you want to show up as, you don't have to go through those multiple different changes, you know, of your logo or of your brand. If you can find yourself first and how you want to be showing up in the world and the clients that you want, you can negate all of that rebranding over and over, like after, you know, every five years or something like that. Yeah. Well, and you'll evolve for sure. Oh yeah. But as opposed to being like, well, I made a logo and then, and then you spent all this time and energy, like focusing on this thing you've created that's like based on nothing. Yes. So, and I mean, I wouldn't say like disregard branding completely, but for me, you know, the, the underlying brand foundation is just as much, if not the most important piece to get clear on and then create the visuals because, you know, and, and you may, depending on where you are, you may need help with that. Right. Or, or, you know, or you DIY it. Like I teach my students like how to DIY it for themselves. Um, so they understand how it is. And then if they choose to farm out later, like they understand what they're asking for and, and they have the power of holding onto their vision and having people help them create their vision versus like turning over the power to someone who you don't know what their like experience level is and like, are they going to be able to deliver what you want? And then they make something and you're just like, I don't know. I don't like that, but I don't know why. Yes. I think that's fantastic. And <clears throat> I think the part that was worth noting was she was mostly saying just don't spend too much time on the branding that you're not passionate about and I think that's what you help them see because I actually had that same experience uh, when I was creating this podcast I let someone do my podcast cover for me and I remember getting it back and I'm like there's just there's something that I don't like about mm -hmm. it, you know? Totally. And it was, I mean, obviously I outsourced it, so they can't really be, they're not in my brain. So it was just a good notion and a good reminder. Like, you know, there's just certain parts of your business and parts, the things that you do that you kind of have to allow yourself to figure out or have someone who, who knows, you know, the heart and the brain of what you are and that can create something great. But for those who are outsourcing, I think, one of the best things to mention about that too is, you know, there's a certain part that if you feel like you want that you trust someone enough to do that, that's great. But I also agree with if you want your logo or your pictures, especially how you want to be seen, I think you should start out doing it yourself and see how that works. And then if you have some minor tweaks, then you can bring it to someone else. But if you just have like, make my logo for me, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. probably not going to go so great. 
Exactly. Because like ultimately you're directing them to bring your vision to life yes. versus handing your power over. Like I did that when I was doing my Beachbody stuff. I designed a website with a girlfriend of mine. She helped me do like a lot of the web stuff where we kind of code are directed together. And, you know, she didn't do a lot of the business coaching stuff. She was just like, oh, you know, who's your ideal client? And I was like, oh, you know, moms, whatever, working moms. But like that was the end of it. I didn't do any of the heavy lifting in the work. And I had, she's like, you have to give me the copy. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> like, cause I come from advertising where like, I just get the copy and then I make it look pretty. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I got to write the copy. Oh my God. And I was like, I don't have a clue how to do that. And so I hired a copywriter and she was like, well, who am I talking to? And I was like, uh, I don't know, working mom. And like, it never felt good about the site because it just, it wasn't aligned. I didn't do the work. And, you know, like how you pointed out the words that I put on my site, like that was like lots of intention and like self-discovery to be very, um, you know, planned and purposeful with the words that I'm using so that I make sure that I'm speaking to the right person. Yes, and I think that's actually a great transition too because if you guys go on her website, which I completely I completely say you guys should, and I'll put it in the link below, but you really have every single page, and I would think almost every single sentence is with intention, and I want to know, especially since this is basically what your business is about, is how was the branding process for your own business from the name choice of Ignite Your Soul brand to then the black and pink or, you know, those like contrasting colors? Yeah, well, I mean, this is like, I kind of did this process on myself, and then I reverse engineered it to figure out what I was doing. And now I take my clients on the same process. So, cause mm-hmm. you know, so many people are like, I want what you have. I'm like, great. I'm going to show you exactly how I did it. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do step by step. So, um, you know, it was really getting that clarity. Uh, and then, you know, for me, like I'm such, you know, photography is really my love language and I feel like, you know, you can have really beautiful graphics and, and, you know, I have that background as well and that's awesome. But for me, having just like stunningly gorgeous photos that speak to your brand story and create that emotional connection with your audience when they come into your world so that they feel like automatically, like I try to explain to people like this, like you're creating a transformation for your clients. Where are you taking them? When they come into your world, whether it's like Instagram, your website, social media, wherever, when they enter your world, you want them to feel like they've already arrived at this transformation that you're creating. So they're like, oh my God, I'm home. This is where I want to be. This is how I want to feel all the time. Like, how do I sign up with you? So, you know, it's, and it takes work and discovery and intentionality to get to that place. And so was doing that. And then, you know, so like once I got clear on all of, you know, sort of the foundational pieces, that's when I dug into, you know, the int- the Pinterest and the scrap and the inspiration and, you know, kind of saw what was coming out for me. Like I figured out what values I wanted to speak to and what personality I wanted to convey. And then I saw, you know, I did like a massive scrap search and I saw what images were coming out, what sort of patterns and themes were coming out. And I, you know, I was really drawn to like European images and like Beverly Hills. So I really wanted to convey that like chic elegance, like, you know, high end brand. Um, so, you know, you could really position yourself as an expert and, and feel you know, legit and show up and, you know, have that confidence to really like bring your mission forth. And so when I was doing that scrap search, I saw, uh, you know, that I was drawn to this area of Beverly Hills. And I was like, well, you know, I I guess I could do my shoot there. And I saw what kind of clothes I was attracted to. So I went shopping and I, you know, all the clothes that I picked out came from, you know, and I think, I think if you go to my Instagram, I have like, um, 
like some photo shoot before and afters. And so I showed the inspiration, like some of the inspiration board that I chose for myself and my clients and then the shoot results. So, and you can actually go to my website too, under the creative direction tab, and you can see like the end result and then the, you know, sort of the process that we use. And so you can see like, it's getting really clear, you know, once you get clear on sort of like the underlying essence of what it is, then you get clear on what do you want this to look and feel like? And, you know, because of my background with photo shoots and photography and design and advertising, like I know how to actually execute that and make it real. So then once, you know, once that happens, then we create the photo shoot and I had my photo shoot. And once I had the photos, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is my brand. This is what I want it to look and feel like. And it made designing my website so easy because I just laid out nice type and put in my photos. And so like, I don't have to stress so much about the design piece because I really let the photos do the heavy lifting. So I can just make sure I have clean, nice typography. I don't have to worry about like overly designing anything and just let those pictures tell the story. And all the time I hear like, oh my God, I love your website. I love your photos. And, and I'm like, oh my God, it worked. Like what I was doing, that's <laughs> awesome. So, and it's exciting to see my clients have a similar experience going through that same process. Yes, I love that you showcase that too on your website to show the clients and your own process. So that way it really allows, you know, potential clients or really any of your followers to see the true process that not only they went to, but also that they could go through with you, which I think is really smart and super intentional. And I think it'd be really great too, because we're finally at the present and kind of going to the future is what are you uh, currently working on to kind of give the listeners a little taste of what they can look out for? Oh, you mean in my business? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, in my business, I am working on, I just launched uh, an Ignite Your Brand Vision uh, like group course. So I'm building, like I'm basically taking all of the things that I've done and, you know, systematizing it so that I can help, you know, it's, it's more for, you know, sort of new and early stage entrepreneurs so that they can go from hot mess to branding success in a couple months. And, you know, right now, like I have weekly calls, I've got guest experts coming in. Um, and I just signed up with this incredible platform that uses NLP and habit forming and has a community element for it because, you know, I, I take courses and I'm like a junkie and I take them all the time and finish them. But my coach <laughs> like reminds me that other people don't do that. You know, yes. like not everyone has that discipline or that drive. So I really searched high and low for a platform that is all about increasing engagement and increasing completion rates and actually like helping people have success. So I'm really excited um, to, you know, to run the beta group through there and get their feedback and the reaction and what their, you know, experience is. Uh, you know, because they have like hands on, you know, calls with me. And then they've got this community aspect and they have, you know, action steps and just the interface of this actual platform is so powerful versus like, you know, here's a Thinkrific site, like, you know, we'll have our calls, like, there's a lot more stuff in there to help them succeed. So I'm really excited how that's going to turn out. Um, and then I'm, I'm adding in, I just added in uh, like a you know, a, a scheduling piece, because I really, like, I've done a lot of study on productivity and time management. And if you don't have a good way to, to manage, like, personal growth and priorities and your task list, then you just live in a constant state of overwhelm. And I really believe that living in overwhelm is a choice. Uh, but not everyone understands how to get out of it. So, you know, through all this study, I've really created a system that works for me. Um, so I'm able to get a lot more done in less time. 
uh, and, you know, outsource and just like oversee all of these moving parts in my life and my business. So I'm adding that piece in the front end um, and I want to get their feedback and then I'll probably run that as like a separate course uh, once it's done to, you know, so the people that just want that piece can have it. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm busy like making PDFs and organizing things and, you know, like recording videos. I'm like, oh, so many things to do. Oh, yeah. I I think, first of all, that's amazing, especially that part about the schedule and time management. If you can reverse engineer that and make it so that it's successful for practically most of your participants, that's a huge, 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 like, feat for any person because even myself, I created an, an online course and – I did that a couple months ago, and it's interesting because you can have um, drip emails, you can have these uh, parts of it, or even shout them out specifically, but you have to find that turning point for them, for that engagement, so that they continuously go through it, because it's true, not many people finish most of the courses that they do, they just continuously buy more of them, (laughs) rather than than actually finish them and apply them, because that's a huge piece, and I just, yeah, I applaud you for going forward in that and being intentional with your courses because you want your students to learn rather than just buy another course to put in their, you know, their pocket. Yeah. I want them to actually succeed and create that transformation and empower them versus like, Oh cool. I made some money. Like, great. (laughs) Like, I mean, I believe that earning, you know, monetizing your skills is comes from creating that value. Yes. I think that's, I think that's amazing and amazing feat. And I think what will be great too, is I will uh, link all of that stuff below so you can send that to me and anyone who wants to uh, check that out, which you guys totally should is going to be in the show notes below and also applauding you for making courses. Because if anyone out there has created a course, they know how much work it is to record and edit and write like the freebies and then the copy and all that kind of stuff. It, it takes, I mean, you have to block out a serious amount of time for it. Yeah. When I did my first one, I was like, Oh yeah, whatever. I can like do this in like a weekend. No, Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, I had no idea how much work was involved in these things. Ah." Yes. It's so true. And even a like simple four module course can take, you know, at least if you do it well, two to three weeks, if you if you do it well and like just commit to that part. Yeah. Well, I think part of it too is like, you know, when I did, I did one, like, I think over the summer and my husband was like, you talk too fast. You need to calm down and you need to have like your teacher voice. And so I was like, oh yeah, I'm like, but I'm like super pumped and passionate. And I talk really fast all the time. Like that's just <laughs> me. Right. So I like recorded all these videos. Where I was like, okay, now we're going to move to the next step. And like, I just never felt good about selling them. Cause I'm like, that's not me. I'm like super pumped. And then I've taken courses with women like me that are like, okay, so then we're going to do the Facebook ad. And, they're gonna go over here and, and my husband's like, that makes me crazy. And I was like, yeah, but that's me. I want people to be like, oh, she's recording a video versus like teacher, like Buddha Jordan is making a video for us. <laughs> like that's, I'm, I'm a high octane individual. Well, <laughs> that's just how it is. That's what your clients are coming to you for. And I think even if you wanted to, you could give them a transcription of the script too. Like after you go through it to send it to a transcriptionist. So if they want to re look over what you said, they have that in front of them. So I think that'll help alleviate any kind of problem with that too. Yeah. And it's like a learning process, you know, I can always refilm it, but instead of being like, it has to be perfect and I have to make it like excellent. It's like, just record it, get it up and then move on. (laughs) Yes. I completely now try and live my, uh, my business and life by two things either done is better than perfect and everything is figureoutable 
Those yes, are, exactly. Those, Marie Forleo. <laughs> yes, those are my two phrases that I try and go by. But there you guys have it, folks. This was such a great and honestly informational-filled um, episode. Thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on, honestly. Of course. Well, thank you so much for your time, Danielle, and I really appreciate it. And, you know, if anyone has any questions or takeaways, like, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm happy to chat more. Yes, you guys really should get in touch with Jordan because she is awesome. And again, all of the links will be down below. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.